Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Talk Off. It is Friday, May 19th. It feels good to be back. It feels really good to be back. I was out on Tuesday's show. I have now come back from the dead. I am here alive and well, everybody. Post move. This is the first pod I'm doing in a new location, so it's a little little weird. Uh, but still got the same setup in front of me, so... That's bringing a little normalcy to this situation. But, uh, Zach, I'm excited to be back, and I'm excited to talk some baseball with you. How have you been, Zach? How, how, I, I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the NBA breakdown. It, it, gave me, it honestly gave me some uh, foresight into, the, uh, into betting Tuesday night's NBA games. Yeah, you know, I, I missed you, buddy. We missed you last show. We, I'm sure everybody missed both of us last Thursday. We have not talked baseball in a week and a half. We have. All right. So I think we start in, we were going to start with the Mets, but I think Zach, let's backtrack a few days. Let's, let's go back to Saturday. Let's go back to last Saturday. Zach and I, Red Sox game, Fenway Park, Boston, Massachusetts, Zach and I were at a little ball game, a little Cardinals Red Sox action. We were there. Four fifteen start. It was a it was a good day for the Red Sox until it wasn't. It, it was a good day for Chris Sale until uh, until, until Kenley Ken, Jansen. Until Kenley Jansen. Yeah, it, it was a it was a great day that Saturday for the Red Sox for eight and in, eight innings, eight and third innings, and then it all yeah. went downhill. It looked so good until it didn't, and. You know, going back, that was a couple of days ago, and that was almost a week ago now, had that Cardinals series. And, you know, that's an interesting series, and you know, let's do it. Let, let me just bang out my little Red Sox talk at the beginning. That's a, yeah, let's you, go for it. That's a, that's a tough series for the Red Sox. It's tough to get swept by the Cardinals there. But when, you know, when I have this in my notes, I wrote it down in my notes. I feel like a lot of times people just don't like, like to, people like to comment on games that don't watch the games. Mm-hmm. And, just see the results. Yes. Can you like? Is there is there someone you have in particular um, who you're thinking about here? Oh man, there was someone specific, but it I can't remember who it was. But mostly just like general Twitter. Okay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. No, it was it was um the the power rankings. Yeah, the power rankings. I was mostly referencing the power rankings. The Red Sox took a huge fall in in the MLB's power rankings, and because they got swept by the Cardinals. Well, they also took two or three from the Mariners this past series. And the Cardinals, yes, we got swept. But if you watched the series, the Red Sox won game one and game two. Kenley Jansen lost game one and game two. The Red yeah, Sox no. won. We didn't play bad. So, like, yes, we get swept by the Cardinals, and, and that sucks. But the bounce back taking two out of three from the Mariners makes me feel really good. I'm not really worried about Jansen, like, he was not going to have the this the year he was having. He was he's not wasn't going to pitch as good as he was in April for the whole year. I'm fine with it. Like I'm fine with him blowing a save. It's going to happen. The guy is 36 years old. He's been doing this for years. Like I have faith that he can come back and be fine. But I mean that Friday night game blowing that save that sucks. James Paxton's de- debut back and and he pitched he pitched honestly great. He topped at 97 and that guy if he's on Having a having the two lefties at the top, Sale and Paxton, is going to be huge for the Red Sox down the stretch if they can eat up innings and stay healthy. So yeah, J- James Paxton is a guy that a lot of people, a lot of people forget about just because everyone. he's been on the shelf for so long. Everyone forgot I mean, he, about he, Paxton. He hasn't he hasn't played since 2021, and when he did play in 2021, it was five games played five games in 21 and then you have the covid season so we really haven't seen a full season i'm not gonna we haven't seen a full season of james paxton since 2019 and that feels like an entirely different lifetime ago absolutely it's it's incredible how long it's been since we've seen james paxton and the red sox signed him in the in the off season of 2021 after that season the red sox signed him and they said We'll let you rehab for a year. We'll let you rehab the Tommy John. And and they did. And they burned $6 million on him. But they burned that $6 million. So this year he would come back and be a, have a key role in the starting rotation. And that's what he's going to have. Now, do I like how the Red Sox 
managed the game on Saturday? Absolutely not. You know, you come off of Kenley Jansen blowing a save on Friday. And Kenley Jansen, the guy's not 25 years old. Like, it's not just throw him out there because he's this dominant closer that is the best in the game and blah, blah, blah. He's 36. He needs a little more time to get his body back right. I understand if you're going to throw him back-to-back games to close out games. I have no problem with that. But he clearly struggled in the game on Friday. And this is a guy who I don't want to mess with his health. If he's not healthy, sit him. We have other guys in that bullpen we had so many guys in that bullpen that were rested. I mean, on Friday, it went Paxton, Winkowski, Jansen. Like, Chris Martin was fully ready. John Schreiber was warming up in the eighth inning, looked fully ready to come in for Chris Sale, and he gets out of it, strikes out the side in the eighth like a fucking beast. That's a whole other thing I'm going to talk about. But why not yeah. bring in Schreiber? Why not bring in Martin? Jansen I, just I, blew a save. Yeah, I think this is this, – this game could – you could blame this game on Cora. I think this is a Cora game for sure. I mean, there was, if you watched the, the ninth inning there, there was a few mishaps on the field. One thing led to another, a few errors here and there, and it led to the Red Sox blowing the lead. But, it's Kike. Uh, yeah, it's Kike. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you could blame this game on Cora. If Kenley didn't look sharp Friday night, you know, I, I get you want to get him back out there and get some work, but you got other guys in that pen too that could, you know, be serviceable for this spot too. Exactly, and that's why I'm in love with the Red Sox this year is because we have so many guys in the pen that can step up. I mean, John Schreiber just got hurt, and and that's like a huge, huge hit to the Red Sox bullpen because that's a guy where you know, you can't get an out in the 6th or the 7th or even the 8th or ninth. You can't get an out. The Red Sox put in John Schreiber, and he gets them out of innings where there's men on base, and he just locks in and gets them out of innings. He's not going to be back till probably July. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a huge, huge hit to the Red Sox bullpen, and they're going to. And now they're doing this thing what they did last year with bringing guys. They don't know if guys are going to be in the bullpen in the rotation, and I hate when they send people back and forth. I think it messes yeah. with the guys. I think having somebody have to go to the rotate uh, to a, a starters mindset and then go to a bullpen mindset, back to a starters mindset, it messes with these guys, and that's something that I don't really want the Red Sox to do a lot of this year because I hated that they did it last year. I'm hoping that with Paxton there, Whitlock's coming back for the Red Sox, that rotation will come into mold and then everybody will have a set spot. But, you know, it's it, it's still, what, May? So there's still so much season to go. Injuries are going to happen. Stuff people are going to have to fill in. People are going to have to Shit's going to happen. Shit's so going to happen. I, but I wouldn't worry too much. Let's get into uh, a guy who you wanted to talk about. Chris Sale, great outing on Saturday. Fantastic. Three hits, one earned, nine Ks for Sale. Sale went deep in this ball game against. Yes, it was a struggling uh, St. Louis Cardinals team, but regardless, it is nice to see a guy who you are handing the keys to the rotation, quasi kingdom to, in Chris Sale. Zach, you have to be happy to see your guy go out there and throw eight shutout innings. Chris, I, I shouldn't say shutout. He he gave up one run, but it felt like a shutout. It, game. Felt, it felt like, like the Cardinals out. couldn't hit him. Dude, I mean, you, you saw me at that game. I, I wasn't just drunk. I was just I was drunk on Chris Sale. Like like I was so happy to go out and see Chris Sale. The biggest thing for me, and I said it to you when I was at the game, and I think I said it to pretty much everyone who was at the game. The biggest thing was that he walked one guy. Yeah. The whole thing for Chris Sale this year has been the command has not been there and he hasn't been missing bats. He missed a shit ton of bats. He struck out nine. And this is a Cardinals lineup that I know is struggling and they're not very good at the moment. But this is a lineup that doesn't tend to strike out that much. They're, they, they don't have a lot of swing and miss guys. So striking out nine guys, walking one. Only giving up one one mistake to Arenado when he took him deep over the monster. I'm fine with that. You give me one one run ball for eight, seven or eight innings, I am going to be the happiest man on earth. Chris Sale in this game looked like vintage Chris Sale, and I love that they let him go to like 110 pitches. Fucking let him go. Yeah, he let was him go. good. You know, in the moment, I was like, "Holy shit, is he going to blow this in the eighth? But he fucking settled in. And struck out the side after he gave up the home run to Arenado. So I'm 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 falling back in love with Chris Sale. This team is just they're doing all the right things right now offensively that their rotation is just so hidden. 
Like, I feel like nobody's talking about how bad the Red Sox rotation is just because their hitting is keeping them in the games. We just demolished the Mariners, scored and that's nine a good runs. Problem to have. I mean, if you're, if, listen, if, if one, one piece of your team, especially pitching, if the pitching isn't, you know, uh, fucking unbelievable, like, at least your offense is there to pick it up. I went through a stretch with the Mets for the last month where neither was working. So I, I, I know, I know how that feels. Yeah. It, it, it's so tough when you have nothing working out there, but, to have the Red Sox be in the spot that they are, I understand that they're fifth in the AL East. Everybody, oh, the shit. So many, there's so many people who are just so negative. Like, like it's so, so many Red Sox fans on Twitter just like, oh, the Red Sox are in last place. Yeah, the Red Sox are in last place. They're in the AL East. They're 24 and 20. Mm-hmm. Like, they're 24 and 20. They're four games over 500. They're just in the AL East. Shut up. There, nobody expected them to make the playoffs this year. Nobody wa- thought they were going to make the playoffs this year. Everybody thought they were going to be a 500 team. They're playing slightly better than a 500 team. That makes me happy. That should make Red Sox fans happy. If you're not happy with that, then you don't know anything because it, they, they were supposed to be much worse than they are playing right now, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I mean, we were talking preseason about the Red Sox, and we couldn't really put our finger on exactly how this team was going to be playing. I mean, we we knew that there was the, some pieces there. It was kind of just like if the stars aligned at the right time, this team could make some noise. But it like things are coming together pretty quickly for the Red Sox now, and you know that's pretty evident in the fact that as of right now, they're twenty four and twenty. They might be in last place, but like like you said, AL East. It's, it's not an easy division to play in. So exactly, it, it's I'm done with the slander. It, it it's the AL East. It, just whoever's in last and, is going to sneak into a wild card spot. Just exactly. keep playing your game. Whoever's in last is is still going to be very good team in the AL East. That's just how it works. And yeah, the, it's, it's incredible how good that division is. Yeah, and I got an interesting series coming up this weekend with the Padres. It's going to be feel so weird to see the Red Sox playing against Xander Bogarts. I I'm not prepared for that. Yeah, actually, let's let's stick with the Padres. So uh, Machado, Machado goes down last night with a hand fracture. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not sure. Is there is there any timetable on on what the I have on what, not on what his seen, injury looks like? I have not seen any timetable, but I will do a quick search. So I know it was a small hand fracture. He's staying off the injured list is what it is what the the initial thought is as of now. Uh so he was hit on the hand during a pitch during uh the game on Monday night and the uh, x-rays came back negative. Yeah, this so, just says day to day. Actually, it looks like uh, another cat scan uh turned up a fracture. Yeah. So it's day to day minimal we'll fracture. See what, sorry. I saw minimal fracture, whatever that means. It's still a fracture, though. It is. It is. Which which could be like a you know a, a two to three week injury for the Padres. For a team like the Padres, you need a guy like Manny Machado essentially out there to be every single day. Like they're, they're, for for a team that's three games under five hundred, you cannot be missing key pieces right now. This is where you need to be making up ground. This is this is this you know the Padres like they suck I, they, they suck Chris like uh, I, I I like I can't even I can't even sit here and talk about the Padres because all offseason all we did was talk about how good they were going to be they fucking suck and Machado being yeah. hurt might actually help them for how bad he's been playing like obviously he's great in the field and he's always going to be great in the field but he cannot hit the ball this year and it is incredible. It, Every fear we had about the Padres this offseason is coming to light right now. Yeah, they're eight games back in the division. I'm sorry, they're four games under 500. The Dodgers are 28 and 16, man. It's like, you know, they lose pieces, but they're, they're they still the find Dodgers. A way, they find they're, ways they're to win. They're still the Dodgers. They're still the Dodgers. They're still finding ways to win. The team in the West that's really surprising me this year, the Diamondbacks, man, 25 and 19, six games over 500. This team I told finds you. ways to win. And you know what? The, and the legend is, continues to grow with this team. Zach Allen yesterday throwing some long toss in the outfield, some flat ground work. And what does he do? He Randy Johnson's the fuck out of a bird. Did you see that? I did see it. It was, dude, he's incredible. He is pitching 
better than anyone in the league right now, I, th- I think, personally. And I, I think he, he's got to be the early favorite for National League Cy Young. 100%. And the best part about him is that he just doesn't do it with overpowering stuff. He looks so nonchalant up there like he's just throwing in a fucking men's league. And he just gets outs. He just gets nonstop outs. It's incredible. Yeah, dude, it's it's um, it's 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 pretty it's pretty cool to watch him pitch. I, I also, you know, he's not a guy who's like overpowering. He's just like a straight up good pitcher. Like I just, there's no other way it's, to to describe it than that. There is no better way to describe. There he's are a, he's a crafty guy, and we don't see too many more of those guys anymore. There are people who in the league who pitch. Some of them are good throwers. Some of them are good pitchers. Yes, Zach yeah, Gallen is a good pitcher. That's a really good way to put it. There's like, a lot of guys who who throw, uh, and there's there's not too many pitchers. Zach yeah, Gallen, like Hunter is, Green. Hunter Green is a guy who throws. Yeah, he, he throws, throws for sure. He throws. Zach, I mean, his K per nine is great. I mean, his ERA isn't. Yeah, and but, he throws 105 miles an hour every day. Right, but Zach right. Gallen knows how to pitch, like yeah. no one I've ever seen. It's 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 incredible what he's doing right now. And it, it, Arizona is rolling, absolutely rolling. Arizona is rolling. Zach, let's um let, let let's continue let's continue on here. I know you wanted to talk about the Yankees. I know you wanted to talk about the little Herman scandal tossed out of the game for foreign substance use. Zach, you are, you know, Red Sox Yankees rivalry. We're gonna hear some some takes. I know you're gonna throw the Yankees or cheaters right out the door first. So uh let's get that out of the way. Let's um I mean I know I, I I'm I mean I'm not point I'm not pointing fingers here but you, you can't do that. I mean I, yeah, I'm a Red Sox fan and yeah, I hate the Yankees and yeah, I'm going to say the Yankees are cheaters but they cheated. He Domingo Herman literally cheated. He he basically came out and said that he cheated after the game after he got tossed. He he basically said, "Oh, I can't be doing that for my team. Like I let my team down." Like so he basically was like, "Yeah, I fucking cheated. I shouldn't have done it." So he got the 10-game suspension. I just don't understand how stupid some people – like why would you even try? Especially right now. They This is the one time that you do not want to try anything. The amount that umpires are checking for sticky stuff and everything like that. Like they just had the thing with Max Scherzer, what, three, four weeks ago? You're really going to try to put sticky stuff on your pants? What are you, an idiot? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really dumb. It's uh, it, like you said with the with the the whole crackdown on the league with checking for foreign substances at this rate, it's just not worth it. Just uh, I mean, if you're gonna do it, like all props to you. I I mean, I saw a video the other night. I don't know if you saw this. Bobby Witt Jr. was feeling a grounder, and you could clearly see there was some sort of substance on like yep. on, it looked like his thumb side of his glove. Yeah, I mean. For, I mean, I, I guess like you know, for a fielder, you. I mean, especially if you're playing third or short, like on that on that left side of the on the diamond, you would really want the grip to be able to get a good, you know, get out of your glove fast and have a good grip on it. But you know, I'm just afraid. Like, I'm I'm afraid this is going to impact the game too much now. Obviously, pitchers, it is what it is. But if we're going out there and we're inspecting fielders. Like if, if if people on Twitter are going to be out there crying about Bobby Witt Jr. having foreign substance, like what does it matter? What does it really matter if he has something in his glove that's going to give him a little bit of an advantage? Run faster to the bag. Like I'm I, sorry. I agree with you. I, I I think when you talk about position players using sticky stuff, it's, it's like whatever, dude. Like I, I don't really think it, it gives them as much of an advantage. Like obviously it gives pitchers a huge advantage. It, it does. And unless every single pitcher uses it, it gives pitchers that use it an advantage. And yeah, it gives fielders an advantage, but not really. Like they're just going to like maybe one throw that would have been bad is now good. Like it's not really going to change that much if a fielder uses it. Don't know why everybody's crying about Bobby Witt. Like if you're going to cry, cry about Herman. He's also a terrible person. So that that doesn't help. Yes, sticking on the pitching side with the Yankees, the Yankees do get back Luis Severino this Sunday uh, against the Cincinnati Reds. Um, this past week, Severino had a, his final rehab start. Three and third innings pitched, 58 pitches for double-A Somerset. I think, hey, it's like, 
the Yankees, the, you know, they needed they needed an arm back, and they're getting Severino. It, it'll be interesting to see. I feel like I haven't seen Severino pitch in forever, just because he's always hurt. Yeah, it seems like same. Um, but yeah, the Yankees get Severino back this weekend, so it'll be interesting to see how he comes out of the gate, fresh off the IL. Uh, and and look, the Reds are no pushover, and I think that'll be a good test to see kind of where he's at mentally and physically with his game. The Reds are no pushover. I'm just going to say that now. I'm not yeah. saying they're going to win, but like this, th- this will be a good indication of, of how Luis Severino's game is going to translate back into the major leagues after spending a significant amount of time on the injured list. Yeah, 100%. And, and the Yankees are at the spot right now where, where they're just praying for guys to get back. They just need guys yeah. back because they got to stop starting like Willie Calhoun and shit like that. They can't be doing that. They're the New York Yankees. And – when you talk about getting guys back, obviously it started with Judge, and he's back, and you know he's hit, he's got eleven homers. He hit the, what three against the Rays? The like he's playing great. Judge is playing great, but I did actually look at Fangraphs. He's striking out thirty one percent of the time, which is fucking terrible. Um, but the Yankees, what we've been talking about recently is they just need guys back, and they need Rodon back. They needed Sevy back, and. With Herman being suspended for ten games now, I think they're probably going to DFA him eventually because he's not even good. It's not that he's. It's not even that he's good. He's so bad, and yeah. he cheats, and he's a terrible person. So you know what's funny? I saw the umpire come out after the game. I don't remember who the umpire was, um, but he said that he he went on record to say that those were the stickiest hands I've ever felt. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to it, like that is, so I believe it though. Yeah. I believe it a hundred percent. This guy is an idiot. DFA him. Get him on. I'm a Red Sox fan and I don't want this guy to ruin the Yankees. He's so 100%, 100%, 100%. bad. And he's so annoying. The Yankees, but like they just need guys. But I saw today, Josh Donaldson's going to have a, a huge setback because he sliced his finger trying to build something in his house. How stupid. Just don't get hurt while you're already hurt. There's a lot of guys that had, I mean, like the first one I can think of that goes to, to mind and a lot of, a lot of our younger listeners wouldn't know this, but I somehow have just like a, a crazy amount of Mets knowledge. Like our old, old Mets pitcher, Bobby Ojeda almost like cut his hand off gardening. Uh, Trevor Bauer cut his finger with a drone. Like there's so many of these little instances that had Jerry Blevins was walking down the street in New York City, fell off a curb and broke his arm, was out mm-hmm. for the rest of the year. Chris so, Sale like, fell off a bike and broke his ribs. Yep. So <laughs> it's just it's it's unpredictable like daily life things that get these guys injured and sometimes injured for a longer period of time, but it's a tough break for the Yankees, man. I mean <laughs> Dude, Josh Donaldson listen, Josh Donaldson's not gonna give you thirty and thirty and one ten, but at the end of the day, it's it's a missing piece, and uh, man, the Yankees the Yankees can't catch a break on the injury side this year. Not at all. I I just think it's so funny. I, I feel like this happens in major league like like major league baseball specifically so often that like major league baseball players just sometimes get the dumbest injuries. I feel well, like they just, well, like if we're being honest, they're, they're out of the four major sports, they are the least athletic of well, like, yeah, any of them. Yeah, yeah, it's just like they have the dumbest injuries sometimes. And it's the smallest things too that like like Brian Bayo for the for the Boston Red Sox, he missed two starts at the beginning of the year because he had a blister. Yeah, that's but like it, but it's but it's like the small things like the blister was on his throwing finger so he couldn't grip the seam and like I get it like it it will fuck you up but it's just like the smallest things can put a guy in the IL for like three weeks and it's just yeah. like he has a paper cut. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's go over to the captain of the Yankees. He is the captain now, right? They officially named him the captain. Is that yes, it? of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you I just want to double check to make sure I was all right. Captain of the Yankees, Aaron Judge, accused of cheating. Now, I'm not too. I'm not going to take a side on this. I mean, there was a little. I'll take I mean, a side. We know. All right. I think there was. I think there was tipping pitches. I think that's what it was. I don't think there was any cheating. I agree. I don't. I don't think he cheated. I don't think he cheated. Do I think that the Blue Jays were probably tipping pitches? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that like a hundred percent. I I was watching videos on it, and you can a hundred percent tell that he would, that they were tipping pitches. A hundred percent. I th- I don't think Judge was cheating. I, I I do. I don't. I didn't like Judge's response. Did you see what he said after the game that the, the guys were ch- his own teammates were chirping yeah, him from the bench chirping. that's why he yeah. was looking o- like that's bullshit like you're telling me 
The whole game, you couldn't have come up with a better excuse. Jake I heard it was the fans on top of the dugout, like a bunch of kids that he was going to tell to shut up. It wasn't the player. Oh, okay. But even – no, it could have been that. I, 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 maybe I did. If it was I, kids, that, that makes the story so much better. But that's like that like even guy. Even that if it's fans. yelled at the 12-year-old, who do you think you are, I am? <laughs> is, does Aaron judge who do you think you are, I am now? I just think his response was just so dumb. Like, like I feel like it was just so – not believable and it made him look a little more guilty than he probably was i i, I really don't think the guy cheated do I, I the blue jays were definitely tipping pitches i don't remember who it was it was a reliever for the blue jays i don't remember who it was but they were definitely tipping pitches there's no question 100%. but 100%. i don't think judge Jay Jackson cheated I, I just think it's hilarious that something so small on the field can get blown up by like twitter and social media where everybody it was judge is fucking cheating he's fucking yeah. cheating like it's so funny how Every single person is an MLB official. Everyone's an umpire. I, that's why I love Twitter, and I love it. Was uh, like, so Jay fun. Jackson who was Jay the reliever? Jackson. I don't even know who that yeah. is. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, and then obviously Judge Homer's uh, the following game, and uh, Judge Homer that at bat. Right, but when did he pull out the uh, like the cheating? So he pulled out a new celebration the, the the following day when he when he. I'm sorry, it wasn't a homer. He pulled out a, a new celebration when he. I think he had a double or he just got on base and he was closing his eyes. He put his hands over his eyes. <laughs> That's kind of funny. So yeah, no, I think it's just, I think it's funny. So yeah, most people were uh, freaking out because because he he got hit a home run that at bat. Not many people watched the at bat, and not many people watched Jay Jackson throw him five straight sliders. So obviously, mm-hmm. another slider was probably coming, and he cranked it. That's just good hitting. Yeah. That's just great hitting. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it. Like I hate Aaron Judge as much as the it. next guy. Trust me, but that's just good hitting. Yeah, there's there's no other way around it. Just a good, just good all around hitting. So let's uh let's go across town to the New York Mets. Oh boy. Recently, just came back home. Yeah, so go, go for so, it, buddy. The, you you have the floor to talk about the Mets as much in 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 okay, any so light tough, you want. Listen, it was a tough series in DC this past weekend. You know, hit with another rainout. Um, I I don't want to talk about DC because DC kind of seems like an, an anomaly to the last few days. So Tuesday night. We mounted a little bit of a comeback against the Rays, ended up falling 8-5, fall, fell short. Wednesday night, Mark Vientos is called up. He goes deep. Alvarez goes deep. Alonzo goes deep to win it. Absolute season-changing game. That walk-off. When I tell you that walk-off lit a fire under this team's ass because I saw a new version of the Mets today that I hadn't seen in a while. We manufactured runs today for the first time in maybe a month. I have not seen the Mets manufacture runs in forever. But we did it today. We come on top today, 3-2, Tyler McGill. He kind of shoves for us today. I'm not going to lie. I was not... Really expecting a lot from McGill, but this is kind of shoving for McGill. Six innings, two earned, four Ks. I'm happy with him. I would take that every day. The bullpen backed it up too. Brooks Raley, Brigham, Robertson coming in to close. You cannot get much better than that. Pete Alonzo, another home run. His 16th major league leading home run of the year. I'll tell you one thing. The Mets are playing good baseball for the past 48 hours, and that's all I care about. That is all I care about, Zach. I mean, if you, dude, recency bias is okay. It's You're allowed it to have okay. a little recency bias, all right? The Mets have okay. been playing great for two days, and they they beat a great team in the race. Like, that's not – Great team. Not a lot of people can say that they've done that this year. So. And I said this, I said this last night. I said this last night said, if we take two out of three from the Rays, this team is going to get my hopes up. And I'll say this right now before we go into the weekend. Everyone listen real close. One game gets the engine started. Two games, we're going to start fucking moving down the road. Three games, that's a fucking win streak, baby. 
That is a streak. That's a win streak. I love it. I love. You're right. It is a win streak. You know, the, the Mets, we're not going to sit here and say that the Mets are a fucking phenomenal team because obviously we know they have struggled. Hard struggles, but like Senga stepped up th- on last night. 12 Ks. Yep. A hundred percent. They've struggled, but when you look at the at the Mets, like they're still hanging around. It's not like the Mets are in this ginormous hole that they can't dig themselves out of. They're trying to stay afloat until that offense explodes and Scherzer and Verlander figure the fuck out. Yeah. Okay. So I'll say this: this weekend is extremely pivotal, in my opinion, for our play? season's success. We played the, the, in, the excuse me the Guardians. We play the Guardians. Cancel, cancel. We we play the Guardians. They are a very similar team to us right now. They are three games under five hundred. We're one game under five hundred. Saturday and Sunday, we have Scherzer on Saturday, Verlander Sunday night baseball against Shane Bieber. We need to take two out of three, no questions asked. If this team is going to compete. You have to stand your ground. You need to win two out of three this weekend. You have to. You want – this team – I'll say it now. If this team does not win two out of three this weekend, season over. Wow. You're you're calling the season in, in May? I don't think calling. season over, but I understand what you're saying. I do think this is a pivotal series because this is because just a series that they could they to... could turn it around right here. Yes. Right yes. here, Thank right you. now. Thank they have you. a little Thank bit of you. momentum, and they need to keep it going for this weekend. The Guardians are a team that obviously is very scrappy, and they're very good, but that's a team that you can fucking sweep pretty easily. Like, uh, like I'm not going sit, to like, sit here and say that they need to sweep the Guardians, but that's a team that you can beat pretty easily, and this is a series that could just turn your season around, and you can hit the ground running after this. You just beat a Rays team who coming into today was on pace for 120 wins. You need to beat up on teams who you are supposed to beat. We are supposed to beat the Guardians. We need to take two out of three. Enough of, enough of how you've played the last month and a half. Enough with the fact that this is the first series win in over a month. If you are going to be a playoff baseball team, you have to beat up on teams you're supposed to. And we should beat the shit out of the Guardians. The offense looks like it's finally starting to come around a little bit. Hopefully, I see a little more out of Scherzer than I have seen in the past month. But I'll keep my fingers crossed with that. Verlander, I'm looking to see him build off his prior two starts. So I'm really looking forward to this series, Zach. This is I have not looked forward to a Met series in over a month. I'm just super excited. I'm also still extremely frustrated with Buckshell Walter. Let's not let's not we can't talk about the Mets in the same breath as not as me not being pissed off at Buckshell Walter. Why? Just just explain to me your hate of Buck. What did he do this time? Okay, so he has he has all of a sudden found his way to keep entering Tommy Sham into the lineup. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking so about t- last night's lineup or two nights ago, whatever. So, it was. so Tommy Sham, he said, he said he's number. So Buck claims analytic. I I haven't seen these numbers. Don't take. Don't yell at me for this. Tommy. Tommy. I gotta stop calling him Tommy Sham. Tommy Fam is <laughs> has the second most hard hit balls on the Mets behind Pete Alonso. So Buck said in the presser, second most hard hit balls, first in bad luck. Do you know how much that pissed me off to hear? <laughs> here, here, here we go with another one. Wednesday night, Vientos, first game of the year up in, up in Queens. Goes Yahtzee. Goes absolutely Yahtzee. Kind of starts turning the wheels around with everything. Alvarez follows. What does he do the next day? How is he rewarded? Benched. Bench. Benched. I don't I don't understand the reasoning behind the way he manages games. I understand there was a righty on the bump today, and you probably wanted to get Vogelback in there because Vogelback is a great option. But Vogelback strikes out 
a lot. And he's he's only been hitting 240. Why not give a kid who is hitting 300 plus in the minor leagues with over a thousand OPS a shot in the lineup for at least the second day in a row? Don't call him up and then immediately put him on the bench. This is what happened to Beatty. This is what happened to Alvarez. And this is why now they're getting consistent at-bats and they're starting to show why they deserve consistent at-bats. But now Vientos is going on the bench. You're setting him up for failure. Consistent at-bats is the way you get results, not benched. Yeah, you know what? That that I kind of agree with like 100%. I think there is some lineup construction that has been a, a little shaky for Buck Showalter. And I've seen it honestly around the league a lot. I feel like we've seen a lot of, of just like odd lineups. I've seen it with the Red Sox. I've seen it with the Yankees. I feel like guys are some, some managers are looking a little too much into the analytical, into the righty lefty matchup. Sometimes when a guy's hot, you just got to fucking say, say for fuck it. Throw saying, the dude. analytics to, out the fucking door. And the guy, the guy's hot. Let him play. Exactly. Like I, I, the Red Sox do the same thing. Righty on the mound. Sometimes a lot of times they bench Jaron Duran. The guy's hitting three fifty. I don't care who's on the mound. Put him out there. Like and and I agree with you one hundred percent with Mark Vientos. The guy comes up on Wednesday, hits a home run, and he is rewarded with the bench. You brought up Mark Vientos because Vogelback was playing so bad, and because yeah. Tommy Pham was so bad, and because Starling Marte has been nothing for you. You needed a bat to get that lineup excited, to get him going. Mark Vientos was that fucking guy. Why now? Because there's a righty on the mound. Are you going to bench him? The guy can clearly hit righties because he's hitting 300-plus in the minor leagues. I think it was 330 with, a, what, an 1150 OPS? Like, yeah. leave the guy in and let him figure out major league hitting. This is not a guy that you just brought up because you have injuries and you're going to bring him up and down and up and down. This is a guy who you want to start in your fucking lineup every day at the DH. So yeah, why absolutely. are like why, I, he, I agree with you 100%. In, in my opinion, he he's earned that DH spot. I think so. It's even if he didn't earn it yet, everyone else has lost it. So he yeah, it has to be. I, that's a great way to put it. It's a great way like, to put it. Yeah, even if he like Vogelback has lost it. A hundred percent. And yeah. and Tommy Pham is no good. Yeah, I don't understand the reasoning behind Tommy Pham. Still he like he needs to be gone by latest trade deadline. Like he we are not a playoff team with him on the roster. Uh can I ask a question? Yeah. Are you watching the PGA championship by half by by chance? I'm not, no. Um, well, Tom Kim just had to hit a ball from a swamp, and he might be the muddiest man I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, he's really? he has mud I'm putting it on halfway up his thighs and all over. He's wiping it off, so you better hurry up. What what um what um? Oh, come on, come it's on! It's just like the on. main load, feed. Load, 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 load. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, ooh, light colored shirt, navy pants though. So navy pants, navy pants, navy pants saved him a little bit. Oh, he fell. He fell, folks. Yo, he fell. Why is he in that ditch? He fell. He's completely out of frame. <laughs> Where did he go? He's Wait, out I'm of so frame. confused. He's, he's, he's just gone. Frame. Do you he's think gone. he's? He oh, might no. be. He might be like rubbing his legs in the grass. Dude, if he fell. Look at all the mud. Go, can, can someone go <laughs> oh, yeah, no, there's Tom. water down there. He was washing off the mud. There that we was go. Was so say, can someone funny. check on Tom? Oh, he's got mud on the back of his arms. That is the war. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, Is he is soaked. He is soaking wet. That poor guy, man. Dude. That's brutal. Dude. Now he's got to put, gotta get he's gotta put gotta socks get... back on and shoes after. Dude, oh. oh, he's putting in. a sock on. His foot's not even dry, Dude. Tom. Your foot's not even dry. Oh, Tom, no. No, ew. Tom. What are you doing? This is gross to watch. Dude, dry off your feet. Oh, he's got like on the left side of his shirt, he's got this massive mud stain. <laughs> He has the biggest mud stain. I've this ever is seen. hilarious. This what is hilarious. Is on? What hole is he on? I have no clue. It's weird because I think they're gonna have to call it for they're gonna have to call it for um for the day soon because it's it's getting dark. But yeah, no, some guys started at four. There was yeah, a tea time at four. I was gonna say there's some guys who's still on like the tenth hole. Yeah, no, this is the, and Tom Kim you know is on what? the. And there's gonna on be the some 16th. bad weather. 
there's going to be some bad weather up in Rochester this weekend. So uh, this could be another 27 hole finish on Sunday. I I think it probably will be. I think it's going to be, it's definitely going to, we Shirt need off. to finish. Shirt Shirt off. Off. Oh, wait, wait, guys. No, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. He is getting undressed. He's getting undressed. Oh, my God. Why are they showing it? Because it's funny. This is why Tom we watch Kim golf. is now playing no polo. He's playing just quarter zip. I hope he zips it all the way up to the top, too. Like, Me you know, too. Just, yeah, yeah. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. That's sad. All right, yeah. I mean, we solved the shirt problem, but he still has his pants rolled up to his 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 knees, dude. The the, the pants are at knee level right now, <laughs> dude. And they're is, soaking still. It didn't help. Oh, and now they and now and now ESPN cuts to a shot of the, the river. I hope that's what he fell into. I hope that's it's the just, one. He, I, I, they do this every single golf tournament when they just want to talk and don't want to show anything. They either show a river or a plant or the sun, like something that you're just like, ooh, nice. Yeah, no, I, uh, that was I a soothing ass back to like, I just got, I just got, I just got a uh, flashback to Jim Nance calling. I could do a pretty good Jim Nance. I miss Jim Nance. Hello friends. I like the way he sets the scene too. He does. He does do a good job. I'm not a big fan of Scott Van Pelt during golf. Uh, I was talking to some buddies about that this afternoon. Scott Van Pelt, good sports center guy, bad analyst. Yeah. Bad, super bad on air analyst. Just he doesn't just he also like I feel like he just doesn't know shit about golf. No, it's also like a very yeah, yeah, it's a very random person to have right? commentate golf for you. It's a very random person. It's, it's you know so what that weird. essentially says is like ESPN's like, well, I mean, we had to have someone out there, so let's let's throw let's throw somebody that people know his name. Yeah, exactly. It's like instead of instead of getting someone that not many people know and knows a lot about golf, they were just like, yeah, people know Scott Van Pelt. Let's put him out there. He's been doing it for a while. He he's been doing ESPN ones for a while. He only does the majors for ESPN. Here's a good shot of here's a good shot of uh, Tom Kim. That is yeah. all mud. So much mud. That's where I saw him. That's when I said, "Are you guys watching?" When I saw that. At least he's smiling. At least he's smiling. I, w- I wish I saw him hit the shot. That would have been way better. Yeah, I wonder where the ball went. Contact sport confirmed golf. Twitter's going to have a field day with that. All right, let's wrap up on Major League Baseball talk, and then we'll we'll jump into the PGA Championship because I know we want to talk about that a little bit before we get to picks and then the roulette spin. We finished up on the Mets. I'm 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 pretty solid with 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 how we've covered the Mets. The like I said, Zach, little closing argument on this. Uh, big weekend. Big, big weekend for Huge. the Mets. Like you said, ride the momentum, ride the wave, ride this into a winning streak. We'll see what happens. This is a team we should be beating. Can we just have a second to take for David Robertson? Guy has a sub one ERA. Absolutely. Absolutely killing it. Thank you. I mean, I'm going to let that marinate for a second. Yeah, keep it. There we go. Unbelievable job from David Robertson. The fact that you came into a role where the prior guy just signed the highest contract ever for a reliever. Over 100 mil for Edwin Diaz. Has a historic season last year. And you come in and you essentially pick right up where Edwin left off. This I could not be happier right now. I'm still I'm still like I'm still like it's David Robertson. He's going to fuck up at some point. But for now, he is the one he's been the one bright spot over the last month that we could turn to and um really close the door. So I'm, I'm very happy with the way that's been going enough with the Mets talk. Let's get to Acuna essentially running away with the NL MVP. I think the only one that can really probably catch him in the NL is Pete Alonzo. I know people don't will hate that take, but Alonzo is mashing the shit out of the baseball. If he can start, get that, if he can get that average up, I don't see why he can't be in contention for the MVP down the stretch, but Acuna is just playing out of his mind right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I put I put this on the docket for today because it, it's just incredible what this guy's doing. He he's just playing better than I've honestly seen a lot of people play in recent memory. It's just like Acuna just does everything. He doesn't just run. He doesn't just hit. He doesn't just field. Like he does absolutely everything. The guy he cannot stop mashing the baseball. First of all, he can't stop hitting home runs. And it's not that he just has this insane power. He's batting 345. So let me throw some stats out for you. So he currently leads the major leagues 
in run scored, hits, slugging percentage, OPS, OPS plus, and total bases. He leads the National League in stolen bases with 18. He's, he's playing baseball. He's, 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 he's is, the best player. He's the best player in baseball right now. He is flat out dominating baseball. There's really there is no better way to put it. He is dominating every single person that the Braves play. He is slashing 345, 437, 613. He also is the league leader in F4 at 2.4 already. He is playing himself into an MVP. He's blowing my bet. Lindor is actually blowing my bet because he's just not playing well. But he is just incredible. There, there is nobody in the league that I feel like is going insanely nuclear this year except for Ronald Acuna. He really is. And it's going to be a tough – he's going to be a tough – He's gonna be tough to catch. He's gonna be tough to catch down the stretch. Like there's, there's, there's no other way around it. He is driving the Braves to play on. They're playing unbelievable baseball right now. So I think the Braves are a damn near lock to win this division. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. And I think, and I think Acuna is, you know, going to be right alongside them with a lock for MVP. So it's, it's, damn. I think the. I think like, if you're a Braves fan, you could not be feeling better. If you're a Mets fan, you pretty much ha- you have to just be focused on the wild card right now because the Braves are just too good, and it doesn't look like they will ever slow down. They're they're just they're too good. They can beat you in so many different ways with power, with hits, with stolen bases, with pitching, with bullpen pitching, with coaching. They can beat you from every single aspect. I still think they're the best team in baseball. They have the best roster in baseball. And they're still not even healthy right now, so it's going to be interesting when it comes down to down to stretch. Like, who is the best team in the NL? But I really think it's just the Atlanta Braves are too good for everybody else. Yeah, no, I totally agree. The Braves are uh, Braves are a powerhouse, man. Braves are a powerhouse, and Ronald Acuna is the head of that powerhouse. So, not much you could say about that, Zach. PGA Championship this weekend. We love major championship weekends. This is some of we love this, them a little are, too much. We love them a little too much. It, <laughs> in fact, we love them a little too much that we become degenerates for four days and like essentially only get off the couch to piss and shit and get food and drink. Pretty much. Pretty much. There's like there's it, a, what else these, is there to do? There's a, these four weekends. So Augusta PGA, the Open, and U.S. Open are essentially the four unhealthiest weekends of my year. There is nothing else to do besides wake up, turn on golf, and not move until golf's over, which is probably about – I mean, they're still going. It's 8 o'clock Eastern right now. They're it's still, the, they're it's, still it's, out there. It's, it's, it's the whole day. It's a whole day affair. And you know what's funny? It's so funny when – like, in, tell me if this happens to any of you guys. So I always wake up, and the first thing I do is throw on, like, the ESPN Plus coverage. And then, like, I'll have a portion of the day – where I won't watch it and then I'll turn it back on and I feel like I've already missed so much and I feel like I'm like I have to catch up somehow I don't know what to do I but, feel like I need to consume as much of it as I possibly can because I don't want to miss any of it exactly especially like Saturday Sunday like 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 thir- Tom Kim has, still has the pants at the knees I'm sorry he just came on <laughs> like there's no worse feeling than like checking your phone and seeing Twitter blow up about a shot or like your buddies text you about something crazy that just happened. Yeah. And you're not watching. I missed it. A hundred percent. I could not agree with you more. Saturday, Sunday for these major championships, you got to be locked in. It's four weekends out of the year. It's not like it's something, it's not like it's every weekend, four weekends out of the year where I am glued to the TV and I'm going to watch golf all weekend. I just have to, I have to, especially Sunday. If you are not, so waking up, turning on ESPN and watching golf from when you wake up to when you go to bed on Sunday and watching the end of this PGA champ, I think it's going to be an incredible ending for, because of how hard the course is playing right now. Like the course is playing ridiculously hard. The course hard. is playing ridiculously hard right now. The weather's going to be in a factor. It, it's going to be a clusterfuck of a PGA championship. All my bets are pretty much already done except for like maybe Victor Hovland. Uh, John Rahm is six over. He was six over today. 
Yeah, John Rom, not a great start. Let's let's start at the top of the leaderboard right now and work our way down. Currently, as it stands, play is still in progress. Bryson DeChambeau, live guy, in the clubhouse at with a 66, four under par, currently tied for first. You have Adam Scott, who's right up there playing with Dustin Johnson today. They're both sitting at four under. They're both still on the course, still playing as we are recording. So things could shift on the leaderboard by tomorrow morning when this podcast drops. But we'll say as of now, live guy on the top of the leaderboard. Does that piss anyone off? I'd love to hear Two live guys what you guys think. Two, Two live, live guys. guys. Yeah. yeah. Does that pit that's probably pissing someone off? Jay Monahan, maybe? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't piss me off. It's just like, I, just because it's day one, I, I, I don't, I really don't think Bryson DeChambeau will be there at the end. But the problem with the PGA Championship and, and the course this year is, is because it is playing so hard. If you get out to a hot start, you could honestly ride that for the entire. Nobody is shooting ten to fifteen under this weekend. It's just not going to no. happen. Guys are going to shoot. You're going to see score. You're going to see five overs. You're going to see six overs. You're going to see. Uh, probably huge jumps in the leaderboards unless someone is insanely locked in. So that's why I think this PJ championship is going to be so interesting. It's like anyone could really go out there and play the round of their life and, and win it because the course is playing so hard. And so many people at the top, like DeChambeau, like DJ, you know, like Adam Scott right now, Scotty's up there. Anyone can play themselves out of the leaderboard so easily. The rough is long. The, the greens are fast and they're a little firm today. It, it's just the course is playing so hard. The wind is whipping like crazy. It's hard to to imagine someone just like shooting 15 under, 20 under on the weekend and just pulling away with it like we saw Kepka do a while ago. Yeah, and I one thing I want to make note of here really quick, uh, I want to point out the day that Keegan Bradley had today. He was at one point on the top of the leaderboard, seven birdies on the card, Three bogeys, one double. And he posts a two under 68. So seven birdies today. But ultimately, it was the, the three double, the three, the three bogeys and the one double that ended up fucking his card. But like, I just don't think, like, it's just this course, man, like, you have to play, you have to play the course the way it is presenting itself. You can't try to take any shortcuts. You have to give what it's taken you. And I'm telling you, if you don't hit the fairways, it's going to punish you. A hundred percent. If you don't hit the fairways this weekend, you are. If you don't hit some of these greens, if you, if you don't get yourself into some positions, like let me, let me backtrack here and see exactly what hole it was. Uh, The, the par three 15th, that pin was tucked so close to the greenside bunker today on fifteen. It was crazy that if you missed the green, if you missed the green left, you were automatically making a four. The only person I saw hit like an you incredible could not get shot up and there, down from there. The only person I saw hit an incredible shot there was Hot Hovland stuck it in like that five feet between the pin and, and the and like the fringe. That was like the most incredible shot I've ever seen. But everyone else is pretty much bailing out right to the middle of the green or going smack in the bunker and they got to get the ball straight up, straight down, which is just not going to happen. It's a sucker pin. It's a sucker pin and it'll reward you if you go after it. It will punish you if you go after it too. Exactly. So there's there's two flip sides to that that equation. One thing I'm really excited to see, par 4, 14th, the drivable par 4. I'm excited to see how that plays on Sunday. I don't know what the weather is going to be like. It could, I heard it could play upwards of as long as 360 yards with wind, as short as just about 300, as like it was playing today. It was very drivable for a lot of players. But it's interesting. They have those greenside frunkers, those frunkers, bunkers tucked <laughs> right up on that green. So fairway ends, bunkers right there. I'm really interested to see how aggressive players are playing that hole come Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, hundred percent. And Sunday, you mentioned Sunday. Sunday is going to be so interesting too because if you ask anyone who's who's there, who has looked at the tournament, who's looked at the course, I mean, it, like seventeen and eighteen are the two hardest holes on the entire course. They are rated the two hardest holes on the on the entire course. They are playing as the two hardest holes this weekend. So I Correct. think it's going to be really interesting Sunday, especially if we have two guys at the top of the leaderboard that last tee time. If there's the two guys that were leading on Saturday are still leading Sunday and it comes down to those final two very hard holes, like even if there's like a three-stroke lead, 
that that lead could dwindle in those last two holes. You have no idea because yeah. those holes are playing so hard this weekend. That's why I think this PGA Championship is going to be so so interesting. Like John Rahm, who's six over, I still don't think he's out of it, which is I, insane I, to say. I don't think you could confidently say he is out of it. I mean, John Rahm has been playing so well for the last. Plus, honestly, since since the tours season really kicked off and they started out in California and went back to Florida, it's you you really you really can't count him out at all. I do want to point to one thing before we get into picks. We wrap up this. I think we should get into to, to what we're what we're betting on. But before we say that, I want to make a point. So there are only a few holes playing under par this week, and it's I think it's it's good to note which ones those are. So fourteen, the short par four is playing under par. Then, I think this is actually the only other one. Let's see. This is the only other one. The only other one is the par 5 fourth. That's the only one that's playing under par. Through it's, the crazy. First round. it's crazy. It's so crazy. With some impending bad weather coming Saturday, and it'll be interesting to see how the course shapes up on Sunday from that weather, I'm sure you'll see some of these averages flip. But as of now, 4 and 14 are the only two holes playing under par. And they're both very gettable holes. But like you said, 14, if you're a little too aggressive and you find yourself in that greenside bunker that just runs off the fairway, you could easily make a five from there. Absolutely. It's it's going to be so interesting. I, I don't really don't know what's going to happen. And that's why when when you look at the betting space, I, like I really didn't know where to go before this tournament started. So, you know, I had to sprinkle on a couple different people and I did. You know, I do have Hovland. I yeah, Hovland is just my guy. Like I, I fucking love Victor Hovland. I don't know why. There's just something about him. I think he just hits the absolute shit out of the ball. He always wears bright colors too, which I like. I just love Victor Hovland. Sprinkled on him. You know, I got a little money on Brooks because I got excited because the Masters. He he played all right today. I think he ended like two or three over. Obviously Rom, but that's not looking great. And then what was my other one? Give me a second. Definitely not Colin Morikawa. I can't remember, but it's unimportant. And then I have Ricky Fowler top ten because I I think Ricky's been playing yeah, some great golf. Ricky. I have Ricky. I have Ricky top twenty. I think Ricky's just been playing some absolute great golf, and he, you know, obviously he hasn't really been able to secure any big wins in recent years. But the guy's been top ten, top twenty in like five of the last seven tournaments. He's been just been yeah. playing some great golf. So. Those are my bets. They're they're not looking great. I mean, I think Ricky's two or three over at this point. He's still out there on the course. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, anything can change so quickly with this course. So you really don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I sprinkled a lot on Scotty, JT, Phil, uh, Ricky, pretty much all guys I was, I was betting to finish within the top, like T20 or T10, but... We'll see. I have Scotty, Rom, JT outright. So uh, Rom obviously will have to turn it around big time for that bet to pay dividends. But I don't. I I, I like where Scotty is. I like where JT is. JT is always a guy who's coming from behind. So um, that sounded weird. Uh, so <laughs> I honestly wouldn't even have thought of it if you didn't say anything. <laughs> Jake, do you have any uh, any any different bets? Anybody um, you like? Yeah, I mean, I, I have Scotty Brooks. Uh, I really like Cam Smith and DJ. Those are my two live guy picks. Um, and then I I had a long shot love. here, which he played great today. Justin Rose, I got him at a hundred to one, mm. and uh, I also have wow. him top ten. So I think top ten, maybe yeah, top ten. Um, so yeah, we'll see how he does too. Adam Scott too playing well today. Another, Adam another guy, been great. another former major champion who's making some noise today. All right, should we get into uh, some picks? Let's. I think we should we should uh, get into Sunday night baseball picks prior to our picks picks for tomorrow for tonight Friday. So let, let's do some Sunday night baseball picks. It's uh, Bieber Verlander. We mentioned this earlier in the show. Seven ten in Queens, fellas. This is going to be a good matchup. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a phenomenal game. It's in Queens. You got two of the two of the best pitchers in baseball, honestly, in the last 10, 15 years up there. Shane Bieber, obviously great for the Guardians. But it's just like we said before, Dawes, 
this is a must win series for the Mets. And I think winning it on Sunday night on Sunday night baseball would just be just, just the momentum that the Mets need. I'm taking the Mets. Yeah. I mean, there's no shock in this pick for me. I'm taking the Mets. I think this is, like I said, this is a make or break series for us this year. Um, I think this could really swing our momentum in our favor. I think Verlander is going to get the ball in his first real big game at City Field, and I think he's going to take it, and I think he's going to run with it. So I'm super pumped for this game, uh, and I, I, I can't wait to see how, how it goes on national television. For a team who has been shitting the bed, it'll be really fun to see what, uh, what we bring to the table. Um, Jake? Yeah, I was going to go with the Mets, but you know what? I'm two games up. We'll make it a little interesting. Um, and Dawes is 0-7, so I'm going wow. – I'm going, who is it? The Indians. Or, whoa, 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 Guardians, Guardians. Oh, cancel, whoa, cancel, cancel. Our sheet says cancel, Indians, cancel, so cancel. I must have screwed that up. Um, but yeah, we're, Jeez, we're going to go with Jake. the Guardians. Uh, Shane Bieber, he got my back. Yeah, so let's give a little updated standing. We are currently in week eight right now of Sunday Night Baseball. I am 0-7. I'm 0-7, bottom of the pack right now. Jake is up front with a 4-3 record. Uh, Zach in second place with a 2-5 record. So Jake's the only one over 500 right now on Sunday Night Baseball picks. So Apparently Jake is a, a fucking guru, so yeah, the Guardians are probably going to win. If you want to watch Sunday. baseball on a Sunday Maybe night, Jake's got you a winner. Yeah. yeah, you probably should. <laughs> you'd be, I mean, you'd be up money. All right, should we get into some picks? Yeah, let's get into some picks. Let's do it. Powered by Riverside. Picks for Friday night, this the 19th of May to get your weekend rolling. We're ready to pay for some drinks for you fellas. What are we taking? I'll start us off. You know, it, it's gonna it's tough. We got some tough matchups on Friday night, but I'm gonna go with the with one of the late slate games, Minnesota versus the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I'm gonna take the Minnesota Twins in this. They're in Anaheim. They have Joe. The Twins have Joe Ryan on the mound going up against Reed Detmers. Reed Detmers has yet to win a game. The Minnesota Twins win games when Joe Ryan pitches. He is six and one, two one six ERA. I, I think the, the Angels are just going to have a tough time with the righty Joe Ryan on the mound. And you know Reed Detmers is not very good. So hopefully this Twins lineup can get out, get some hits, maybe Jolly Gallo home run. And yeah, I'm taking the Twins. I am going with the Chicago Cubs, the underdogs against the Philadelphia Phillies. I was going to pick that. They, yeah, yeah. They got the Cubs got Stroman on the mound against Ranger Suarez, who um, who has a small sample size this year, only one game pitched, but hey, he did not pitch that well in that in that game that he pitched. So uh, I am going with the uh, Chicago Cubs to come out on top tomorrow in Philly. Uh, tomorrow night or Friday night tonight, we have the Western Conference Finals starting, and uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights are just a better hockey team. They play better um, in the neutral zone and, and the defensive zone, and uh, they could definitely score. So we're going Vegas Golden Knights minus 120 on the money line. That's a, that's a great pick. Also, can I just say real quick that uh, hockey – playoffs was phenomenal in the first round since then i couldn't give less of a shit it, it sucks the playoff i don't think it sucks i think it's just like the, the well, team second... is interesting even that's what games, i mean like, it hasn't been like all the second round games were blowout games it was not fun right i feel like like the series some of this like the series weren't blowouts but i feel like the games like every game was yeah. lopsided I mean, even the, the two game sevens that we had weren't it was one goal games, but uh, they weren't close. I don't know. I don't know, but whatever. Let's do some roulette spin. Numbers. I was just about to say, Who are we thinking numbers? Time for our roulette 22. spin. Numbers. Um, 22. Numbers. 22. 18. Okay. I'm going to go. Should I stick with 17? 
No, no, no. Fuck Hank. I'll never get it. Two. I'm going to go with two. So we have two, 22, and what do you have, Daz? I forgot. 18. 18. And let's I play some bets. Let's see what happens, boys. Yeah, I think let's it's going to be 17 now that I switched, but here we go. Two, 18, and 22. Let's go. 10 seconds until the spin, boys. Good luck. Thank you. Appreciate that. Please win. Please win. I think the best part is, is even if you guys win, I get the money. (laughs) And we're spinning. We are spinning. The the ball is in play, fellas. I'm scared. Horse 22, black. Black number. Yeah. Red. Nine. 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 I was going to say nine, actually, too. I thought it was going to be six, and I was definitely going to say six. So I was, I, I swear, I swear on everything. I was looking at the, um, the Excel sheet here, and I saw, I was, I didn't know what to pick. I saw the episode May nine, and like right a few above it, I was like, should I take nine? And I was like, ah, eighteen is such a good number. Like it just, lo- it just looks nice. Like eighteen just looks nice, and I was like, nine just looks weird. I don't know. Eighteen. Oh, I just remembered. My my last outright bet is on Max Homa because he just had oh, a baby. I also have Homa. Oh yeah, Re- revenge game. I think that's it. Anybody got anything else? No, I think uh, I think we properly send everyone off into the weekend with uh, some good PGA Championship action in a pivotal, 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 pivotal <laughs> game for the New York Mets coming this Sunday. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out, and we'll see you on next Tuesday. We'll see you on next Tuesday? Uh, Shut up. We're ending it. Bye. Bye.